wife asked a couple of questions that I um, gave her my opinion, and I thought, well, that's okay, I guess. But I, uh, as I, I had all of that on my mind, I was, when we got back, trying to figure out what should I say. So I, I'm going to preach to you a little bit, and I know you may know a lot of this, and it, uh, you're, if you would like to have more understanding, I'll be glad to teach you a Bible study personally, or I'll be glad to help you in any way uh, with more scriptures. I am not going to try to overwhelm you, but I, I do want you uh, to uh, know that we're thankful you're here, and we, and we believe that you're here by divine design. And uh, we are growing. Apostolic legacy. Apostolic legacy have a great history. We have a great legacy in this church uh, for many, many years, and we're thankful for all of that. So today, my sermon is on God's blueprint. And I was hoping Brother Bill Hitchcock would be here. Of course, he's a miracle to be here. Yeah. What he's gone through. And uh, Caitlin, Sister Caitlin, will you take this microphone back to him? I, I, he came in, so I didn't have a chance to uh, coach him on what to say. <laughs> so this is all cold turkey. We'll see how we'll see how good I am about blueprints. Are you ready, Brother Bill? I'm ready. Okay. When you get a blueprint, typically um, maybe the first page is a title page or has the architect's design or an architectural blueprint. What what is the maybe the first drawing that you see usually on a blueprint? Foundation. What's that? Oh, but, but don't you see have a a site plan, and then you then you. Oh, what was that? What did you a call site it? plan? A site plan, and there even could be an artist rendition renditioning yes. yeah. of a rendering a rendering of what that building is going to look like. Did you hear that? There is a drawing about what the building going to look like, and then you turn the page. And then you have what? Usually the site plan. Site plan. And that might be uh, what kind of earthwork uh, needs yes. to be done. Underground utilities. Then underground, anything underground that has to happen. And then you turn the page and your foundation and you foundation. turn the page and it, and it then takes you step by step yes. through the building process that hopefully... When you get finished, you can flip it back to the first page. Looks like that. <laughs> you did a great job. You would have thought you've done these things before. Let's give him a hand. That's exactly true. The first drawing, and I don't know if you can see that, but usually is sort of the finished product and it goes then to a site plan and to all of the various components of the building. And Brother Bill Hitchcock is draftsman and has drawn plans and uh, that's his profession by trade. And I, 
we were talking and my wife was saying, you know, about the righteous seed and what happened and all of the history of all of, through the word of the Lord and uh, began to talk about how the bloodline was important for Jesus to be born uh, into a Jewish the Jewish culture because of Shem and because of Abram and Terah and Abram and so forth and then Isaac and Jacob and then David and et cetera, et cetera. And talking about how that solidified the, the, the building to Christ and why the Bible is so intent on giving so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so <coughs> begat so-and-so begat so-and-so is tracing a bloodline. It's kind of like, it doesn't really matter to me <coughs> that there's underground wires coming into this building now, but it was vital when it was being constructed to know there's sewer lines and water lines and the site plan had to be developed and then the foundation and probably no one that came in today said, I thank you, Lord, for those that poured a good foundation in the basement or on the walls because we didn't look at it that way. We just are thankful for the building, and I understand that. But the word of the Lord, basically, in Isaiah, kind of gives us an insight to this blueprint that God was developing and did, did develop through his word. And it started as a thought. And I guess we could get technical and I could question Brother Bill uh, more intently and say, actually, before the building can ever be built, it has to be conceived in the mind of some architect or somebody that's going to communicate to a draftsman or an architect. There has to be a thought process that goes on. And then from that thought, <clears throat> maybe there's words that are spoken that tell them, I want it two stories, I want it so many feet, I want it, you understand what I'm saying. And then maybe the blueprint gets drawn. Actually, maybe really technically, the blueprint is maybe the second really time that the building is conceived. Um, possibly uh, the family and uh, that may be wanting an architect to design a building or a house or uh, a business. Um, they may have they may have a thought and they may say those words and that architect may hear that thought and put it down in uh, on a drawing and they go, oh no, I don't like that at all. I want this room bigger and that room smaller and this room, you, you understand what I'm saying. And so then that drawing is tweaked and then they go from there. But Isaiah said it like this. He said, the Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. In other words, what the Lord said, when I thought it, when I conceived it, I designed it, it's going to be built according to what I thought. Now, later, Isaiah, same book, 
said, 46th chapter, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. Almost kind of like what we would have said in the blueprint, the first one of the first pages is the, the drawing or the rendering of what the final product will be like. And he said, I declare the end from the beginning. Um, kind of like maybe, you know, you write, a, make a movie or whatever. A lot of times I've read where they shoot the last scenes before they shoot the rest of the movie. I don't know. I'm not in the movie industry. And it says, but from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. He goes on and says, yea, I have spoken it. I have spoken it and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it and I also will do it. I will also do it. What are you saying? What the Lord was basically saying is, this was my plan to have a church. It was my plan to meet with mankind. And I purposed it, and I am going to make sure it comes to pass. And there are a lot of verses, and I, I could get bogged down here talking about the law was a schoolmaster to teach us, and, and the types and examples of the Old Testament, and how many occasions there were that the Lord would, would fulfill his word. In fact, one of the promises that he made to Abraham was, he said, Abraham, you're, you know, you're going to go down into captivity for 400 years, and then you're going to be set free. Talking about Joseph. He said it to Abraham. Abraham who was before Isaac, who was before Jacob, who was before Joseph. Abraham knew what was going to happen in his family. There was going to be captivity. And so when you look at the word of the Lord, you realize that God has this ability to think a thought, speak a word, and it's going to come to pass. So when Jesus basically said, you know, at the evening that he was praying, here he was in agony. He was praying there in the garden before the crucifixion, John the 17th chapter. He says, I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work that thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. It's a powerful one God scripture. Jesus, you say, well, he was born of Mary. Yes, that was the plan to come from the seed of David and you go through it all. But he was already born with the Father. He was the Father and Jesus. Which one is it? Whenever Isaiah said, I speak, there is no God beside me. Was that God making a mistake? Jesus said, I was with thee before the world was. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, and that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou hast loved me before the foundation of the world. Now you say, well, how could that be? How could Jesus exist before the foundation of the world? Because in the beginning was the word. Amen. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14, and the Word was made 
flesh and dwelt among us. It was all in the blueprint of God that whenever he knew Adam and Eve are someday going to mess up, he said, I'm going to provide a lamb that's going to be slain from the foundation of the world that'll take away the sins of the world, that'll give people access back into my presence. Oh, what a privilege that is. And, and I, I, I understand, uh, you know, when you, when you look at even later on in John, the first chapter, <clears throat> we see what really happened. These things were done in Bethbara beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. And I, I really should read you from the 28th verse all the way to the 36th verse because there's a lot of powerful verses there. But the next day, the Bible says, John sees Jesus coming to him. And what does he say? Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. And looking on Jesus as he walked, he says, Behold the Lamb of God. Now, what, the reason why I said you ought to read the rest of those verses in between 29 and 36 is because what John basically says is, guess what? I'm going to baptize you with water, but he's going to baptize you with something that I can't baptize you with. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'm not worthy to unbuckle his shoes. I'm not worthy to take them off. But you know what? He's the one that's going to baptize you. He recognized all of a sudden he flipped the page and he saw this is what God's going to do. He's going to pour out his spirit through Jesus. He's got, That's why when you read in the Bible, up until the baptism of Jesus, Jesus is always referred to as Jesus. That's always referred to. When Jesus is baptized, all of a sudden now, they refer to him as Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Messiah, the Messiah. After the crucifixion and the resurrection, you know what they refer to him as? The Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he's, we're on the next page. He's no longer just Jesus. He's no longer just Jesus Christ. But now he wants to be our Lord. Oh, and not everybody that just mouth outs calls him Lord, Lord is going to be saved. But is he really my Lord? That's what the next page of the blueprint showed. There was going to be a human form that was going to shed their blood and there was going to be resurrected. And I'm here to tell you that happened. And now he is both Lord and Christ. When Thomas saw him, he said, my Lord and my God. This is the whole point of the blueprint of God. When you read Revelation, the 13th chapter, talking about they that dwell on the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life. Uh, in the book of life of the Lamb slain how could he be slain from the foundation? Because it was in the blueprint of Almighty God that there was going to be a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now, you read in Acts, the 18th chapter, 
And then the 19th chapter where Paul and the, the disciples have sent people to Ephesus and they get to the 19th chapter and there are a group of folks there and they are believers in Jesus. They are believers in Jesus Christ. But they are, don't know him as the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. That he came to pour out the Holy Ghost. And so they, they meet these believers in Acts 19. You can turn there, read it. And, and, and basically, you know, the, the preacher asks them and says, Have you been baptized since you believed? And they go, we don't, we don't know anything but John's baptism. John baptized under repentance. But they're saying there's one coming after me. That's what John John had done. They just knew him as well. He is, he is Jesus Christ. And, and so <clears throat> they didn't even know to be baptized in his name. And John <clears throat> and, the, and Paul said, well let me tell you, you need to be baptized in Jesus name. And he laid his hands on them and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right here in Acts the 19th chapter. Why? Because yes, they understood. They had the foundation drawing and they had some of the underground drawing and they had some of the electrical drawing but they didn't know what it was going to look like when the walls got up. You understand? And if I would just tear a sheet off and hand it to you and it was the electrical drawing most of us would be very confused about what it's going to look like. Huh? Because it shows loop and then circles and then double lines and loop and loop, huh? And you go, what's going on? But these same group of people that were in Ephesus, Paul wrote a letter to them and he began to teach them. He began to say some things to them that they may not have understood. You can read it right as he opened up his book in Ephesians, the first chapter, and, and he starts off, you know, that it's from Paul and you read the first verse and the second verse. And then he, he goes into, blessed be the God and Father of our, notice that phrase again, Lord Jesus Christ, because He's been resurrected. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he hath chosen us in him. When? Before. Just like the lamb was slain before the foundation. The Lord chose to have a bride. Before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. How? By Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Notice this phrase. To the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through the blood and forgiveness of sins. <clears throat> and, and he goes on and says according to the riches of his grace wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made known unto us the mystery of his will <clears throat> according to his good pleasure 
which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, things that are in heaven, things that are in earth, even in him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance who having been predestinated and a lot of people hit those words and they go oh there's only a certain group that are going to make it there's only a certain group that are going to be there and they're confusing the, 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 a, a blueprint with what you know that's like saying well there's only certain wire that I'm going to use in that building no whatever comes off that spool Whatever they deliver as far as two by fours and every two by four that's willing to submit himself to the hammer and the nail. But you pull out a two by four off that group and it's all warped, bent, and bowed over. You ever go to a work site? You know what that guy does? Zing, I'll make cripples out of that. Or I'll, huh? I'm not putting that in the wall. <laughs> I'm not putting that. That's why I said many are called, but few are chosen. I'm the one that gets to decide whether I get chosen or not. Am I willing to submit myself to the builder? Am I willing to submit myself to the carpenter? Am I willing to let the Lord bend me and shape me into the wire? Well, I, you know, they pull a wire and if it, it's just, it, it's got a flaw in it. It's got something and it's tears. Pull that out. Throw it on the scrap heap. It, for those of you who've never been around building sites, I ask Brother Bill. He'll tell you because he told me when they were building his house. It's almost depressing. You go there after work and clean, go into their burn pile and start pulling out pieces of wood. Thinking, man, I, man, I, did, I could use that as a half two by four. I, it's got a bad end, but man, huh? But the carpenters that are building it, it's not worth my time. It's not worth my energy. I got, a, I got so many of these I got to put down. Huh? I got so many I got to do. I got to get this done. Doesn't meet the standard. Throw it in the pile. Here he said that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather all things in Christ and in whom we also having obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him that works all things after the counsel of his own will. <clears throat> and then it says that we should be what? To the praise of his glory. I don't like this. I don't like what's going on. I'm tired of what's happening. I'm grumbling and griping. Be careful. You might get a bow in your neck. What should we build? What's the Lord building? A house that's going to praise his glory. Who first trusted in Christ. In whom after you trusted. You heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. In other words you first got to believe. That's trust. He that cometh to God. Must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder. 
<laughs> in whom after you were believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance under the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. What are you saying? I am saying to you that when the Lord laid out this blueprint back in Genesis and he knew Adam and Eve would fall and he knew, he said, the seed's going to bruise your head and bruise your heel. He had a plan laid out and he saw Revelation the fourth chapter and he saw the four and twenty elders falling down before him that sat on the throne and worshiping him that liveth forever and ever and casting their crowns before his throne saying thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for you've created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created he saw a group of people that were going to worship and praise him that go, go through whatever they go through they've got a praise on their heart say well you don't know what I've been going through you don't know where I am you're in the blueprint he wants you to end up praising him Oh, Revelation the fifth chapter says it like this. And I beheld and heard a voice of many angels round the throne and the beast of the elders and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to take, oh, what do you say? Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. I want to tell you, it's hard to keep your mind on what Jesus did for you when you're in pain, when you're going through a trial, but you've got to keep saying, Lord, thou art worthy. I know one day what the blueprint says. I'm going to be standing around the throne with ten thousands of ten thousands and thousands upon thousands and I'm going to say thou art worthy thou art worthy thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power and majesty and might well I don't feel like it now we're just in the building process it's coming he says and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and those that are in the sea and that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits on the throne and unto the Lamb I, whatever you're going through you get overwhelmed at all the nailing and the hole drilling and the sawdust and the pounding and the flip over to the last pages of the blueprint and say here's what I'm supposed to be responding blessing and honor and glory why God has this blueprint set up that's why Paul Paul told the church in Rome he said it like this he said and we now we know that all things work together for good to them that love 
God to them that are the called according to his purpose for whom he did for no, did he also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. I don't know how the Lord is going to get me to look like Jesus. He may have to go through a few things. You know, I seem to be like Jesus. And then I don't want to go through a trial. On earth I long, huh? But I don't want to have any pain when things go bad. I get so sad. I can't invite or bless his name. Huh? And the Lord's saying, you're going to understand. I got a blueprint. <laughs> I'm going to tell you where you're going to end up. <laughs> you don't understand. I predestinated. And then he said, those that he called, many are called, few are chosen. Those he called, if you're willing to submit to the call, guess what he'll do? He'll justify you. And if you're willing to let him justify you, cleanse you, wash you, get buried in his name, then you know what he'll do? He'll glorify you. You'll feel the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost as it flows through your veins. You'll speak in a heavenly language. What shall we say to these things then? If God be for us. If God's got this blueprint all settled out, then who shall be against us? Oh, what are you saying then? If he spared not his own son, but he did this to us, that he should not also freely give us all things. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that building this building. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather is risen again, even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Shall distress? Persecution? Famine? Nakedness? Peril? Sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed. All the day long, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, we are more. <laughs> I've seen a group of 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands more than conquerors through him that loved us for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other creature nor things present nor things to come shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord you say well how, how does he justify us well John said it like this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we haven't got any sin, we're making him a liar. This is why 
I know, I'm, I, I can't help but talk about coronavirus and do I take the Johnson and Johnson or the Moderna or the Pfizer or whichever one or what's going to happen and my conversation gets so caught up in everything that's going on and Paul was in jail but he told the Philippians something like this, for our conversation is in you know what our conversation in heaven is? Blessing, honor, glory, power. Oh, y'all just worship like you, you know, you don't have a problem in the world. No, I got plenty of problems. But you see, I didn't have seen the back of the blueprint. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the first page and the finished product. A new Jerusalem, a city 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles, 1,500 miles tall. I've seen a city that's coming down from God, a place where we're going. He said our conversation is in heaven from whence we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body according that it may be fashioned like his glorious body. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm going to keep worshiping him. Because at some point, a transition is happening. That's when the, Paul told the Corinthians, the more we open face, get into the presence of God, there's a transformation that begins to happen. You say, oh, pastor, I, I don't know why you have to pray and do all that. Let me tell you, the Lord's working on me. I've seen the final product. And, and I'm going to just be honest with you. There's some days that I probably wouldn't make one of the good saints that says blessing and honor and power. I might be one of the murmurers that got left in the wilderness to die, huh? I'm so I'm glad he's not done with me yet. He's still working on me. Because there's some days that I probably don't qualify for the choir in heaven yet. But Lord, wash me again. Touch me again. Transform me again. That's why we come into his presence. Would you stand? Here we are. We're going to do our best to say, Lord, I want to enter back into your presence. I want your spirit to wash me. Seal me again with that Holy Spirit of promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.